Hello, everyone, and welcome to Staffer, the show about people who work in government or politics at any level and what they take from the experience. The events of the past week are still sitting heavy with me. Uh, The essentially terrorist attack, the insurrection on our U.S. Capitol and the people who work there is something so serious that I've decided to pause for a moment and really reflect on what it means for the country and what it means to be a staffer who is engaged in public service um, today, whether that be in Washington, where I think the problem is most acute, but anywhere, uh, any state capital, and even at the local level where people are dealing with this in real time. So what you're going to hear today is a number of my past guests answering what happens to be one of my favorite questions. And it's not a you know, groundbreaking question. It's just one that I think is useful to hear people's perspective and uh, get a sense of who they are. And that is, tell me a time when you royally screwed up. So uh, you'll also hear another voice that you haven't heard before during this show, and that is the voice of my producer, Michael Pelliquin. He's going to introduce each speaker so you know know, who it is as they begin to tell their story. I hope you don't mind the pause in our normal programming. I promise to be back soon with guests who really can shed some light on the issues at hand that we're facing as a country. And I look forward to those, uh, and I hope you do as well. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy the show. First up is Katie Fallon, McDonald's Chief Global Impact Officer and former Obama staffer. Okay. So I think the time that sticks out for me is the, you know, I wish I could do it all over again, <laughs> was uh, my first week in the job as head of ledge affairs for Barack Obama. And it was also the first week um, in the job for his new front office assistant. Um, and it was the first time that um, Speaker Boehner was coming to see, to meet with President Obama in my new role, but to talk about um you know, the priorities for that, you know, coming year. And, you know, it was on the calendar. Um, Speaker Boehner was a little bit early and um, President Obama was in the Oval Office with Defense Secretary Hagel at the time. And both his front office assistant and I were reluctant to pop our, you know, head in and tell him that Speaker Boehner had arrived. And then the meeting time arrived, and we were still nervously discussing whether or not we should slide a note under the door. <laughs> um, uh, the, the front office assistant's uh, predecessor wasn't around for us to ask, and I didn't want to interrupt the president and Secretary Hagel. For all I knew, they were you know, discussing a very sensitive uh, national security matter. So I just ended up hanging out with Speaker Boehner and his chief of staff, Mike S- Summers, in the cabinet room, I would say for a good 30 minutes, and, and, and Speaker Boehner was a great sport about it. And actually, we spent a lot of time um, getting to know each other, which was was hugely helpful for me in my new role. But then when yeah, the president finally, yes, yes. Um, then when the president finally, finally came out of the Oval with Secretary Hagel and realized that he that he was 30 minutes late for um, his meeting with Boehner, he was visibly upset. Um, he apologized profusely to the speaker and asked, you know, why didn't we just come in there and tell him that Speaker Boehner was there, and then I got a, a a pretty good talking to after after Boehner had left. But you know, President Obama is always very kind. Um, but I could tell that 
you know, I had made a big mistake, but I learned from the experience that, and he also welcomed me to always walk into the oval if I needed him for anything. So that sort of established the boundaries or, you know, the lack of, <laughs> lack of boundaries early on. And it was a good learning experience for me. Um, you know, he was really keen on, um, you know, elevating his relationships with, with senior leadership across Congress, particularly with the Republican leadership. Um, and so he, you know, he set that expectation straight with me on um, in that moment. And, um, and, you know, I think uh, I benefited from that learning experience. Yeah. Uh, I, I can, you know, feel when people tell me these stories, I feel for them. Uh, because like I put myself <laughs> in that moment, um, yeah. but you know what? You end up with walk-in privileges to the Oval. That's mm-hmm, pretty. Mm-hmm. That's pretty great. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, Next up is Fred Hochberg, entrepreneur and former head of the Small Business Administration. And what I'd love to hear from you is a story when you royally screwed up, and this can be in any one of your uh, positions. But you really made an error, and you knew you made a mistake, and so did other people. How did you recover from that? Well, I, I, first one comes to my mind is actually one when I was in the private sector at Lilly and Vernon. Um, we moved the company from the New York metropolitan area to Virginia Beach, just outside of Norfolk, Virginia. And um, we had allowed for three months to get all the, the computer systems and the warehouse. This was sort of a precursor to the, to the Amazons of this world, where we would get orders in. And we would ship out, you know, tens of thousands of packages a day. And um, it turns out everything that we really worried about um, worked. And what didn't work was the one area that there was a certain coordination between um, products that were uh, monograms with your name or initials on it could be a a backpack for going back to school or monogram pencils or a piece of jewelry or Christmas ornaments and doing that monogramming and then quote unquote, marrying that back up with the rest of your order. And we could not get those systems to work. And, um, and the orders were piling up. They were piling up. We would, you know, we'd get in 10,000 orders a day and we'd ship out 5,000. And the next day we get in 12,000 orders and we'd ship out 4,000. And so this backlog was just, we just could not get everything through the computer system and through the warehouse. And um, it was an unbelievably stressful time. (laughs) Um, So one thing is I called everybody together and I remember vividly saying, listen, this is my responsibility. I'm accountable here. I this was my responsibility. I screwed up. Uh, we're good. I need everybody's help to get it to work, but I took full responsibility. And then I got everybody a T-shirt. I remember the T-shirt I got. It said, are we having fun yet? <laughs> <laughs> and people were looking kind of glum. And I said, listen, this is a serious problem. This is not solemn. Solemn is what happens in church, what happens in a synagogue, in a mosque. That's solemn. This is serious. We got to just simply solve it. And we're going to have to, and if we have a good time, we figure, and we're creative, we'll solve it faster. So we had allowed three months to get ready for that holiday season. It took four months. Um, it, at the end of the day, it sounds like, you know, well, it was an extra month. It was a torturous month. <laughs> Political strategist Frank Luntz. 
Um, when I talk uh, to students, one of the things I'm often asked is, you know, was there a time you made a huge mistake and what did you learn from it? I love that question uh, because for me, there's plenty to choose from. Um, what about you? Is there is there a time that you, you know, when asked that question, you can point to it and say, it was horrible, but here's what I learned from it. And by the way, I do want listeners to know that when you said, oh, there's plenty to choose from. Jim just rolled his eyes, like like it's that, it's that <laughs> sense. You, you. And there's there's hey, that I fake laugh. There, I thought I thought you were on the anti lying uh, campaign here in oh. politics. Oh, I did so not now roll you, my eyes. So now you're accusing me of lying, boy. You <laughs> Democrats go right for the jugular immediately. Uh, I I actually my students will tell you that I have in class every single class I have to acknowledge a mistake that I made. Uh, and it's part of demonstrating humility. So I have the right to challenge them, to to take them on, on how they think and what they believe. But in return, they can do the same thing for me. So my mis- I told Rupert Murdoch that nobody would want to have a camera in their cell phone, that they will want to keep the two instruments separate. A camera is for taking pictures. A phone is for making calls. Don't combine them. I literally told him that. It's amazing he still talks to me now. Uh, I told Newt Gingrich that the best way to describe the breakup of his second marriage was to talk about how hard he worked and how in doing that, he forgot about his priorities at home. Well, he said it. I watched him say it, and I watched him get creamed for it. So I regret giving him that advice. Um I didn't let I, I should have stopped Kevin McCarthy from doing an interview with Sean Hannity about his temporary run for speaker. I think it was a couple of years ago, maybe four years ago. And I told him not to do it. And he insisted on doing it. And at the moment that he was walking to the interview, I actually thought of tripping him, tackling him and not letting him go. And to this day, and he knows it because we've talked about it, to this day, I regret not absolutely blocking the door and saying, you're going to have to have me physically removed because this is a bad mistake. Don't do it. And remind so, me what what came of that interview? Like why what happened? I don't I I don't quite remember. That's when he talked about Hillary Clinton because they'd held up Hillary Clinton because they Benghazi. Yes, exactly, and that it had uh, voters now looked at her differently. Well, that meant that the hearing was in fact political, not uh, policy based, and it it uh, and it hurt him. Yep. Former Congressman Steve Israel. I would like to know a time when you screwed up as a staffer or uh, you know, during your time on Capitol Hill that it, you, know, you knew you screwed up, um, but you faced it head on and tell me how you recovered. Um, I think it was uh, – how much time do you have? I mean this must be a really big vault <laughs> if you want me to go through every screw up that I made. It's a new I podcast. A, so Yeah. Uh, I, like I made a ton of them. Um, I think in the case of working for Dick Ottinger, um, there was nothing, you know, cosmic, no no universal screw up. It was silly mistakes. Uh, So I remember I wrote a speech for him where I somehow confused Bolivia and Brazil. Uh, Now, it was caught by the chief of staff before it went to Congressman Ottinger um, but the fact that I can still remember this mistake, which happened in 1981, uh, in 2020, 
should give you a sense of, of how it affected me. It was just a dumb mistake. Uh, I wasn't thinking uh, and um, not catastrophic, but I learned from that that you just got to double check everything. Can you imagine if this congressman you know, had read this speech and talked about Brazil oh. instead of Bolivia? It just would have been you know, horrible, horrible. And so I realized this, the, the role of a staffer is so vitally important. I mean, you put words in the principal's mouth, and if those words are wrong, that's a problem. Michelle Jawando, U.S. Head of Strategic Engagement and Public Policy Partnerships at Google. You mentioned experiences, and one of my favorite questions uh, in the rapid-fire section of this uh, podcast is called In the Vault. Um, <laughs> I'd like to hear about a time that you royally screwed up oh. and what you learned from it. Oh, gosh. Even now in the pit of my stomach, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I got a little yeah. nauseous. <laughs> so um, this goes back to my time on the Hill. I love I love Senator Gillibrand. We were in the midst of the um, the confirmation hearings of Sonia Sotomayor. And our boss had the honor to introduce then Sonia Sotomayor. And every person who speaks at one of these hearings, you have a time period uh, where your boss presents, um, you know, five minutes, three minutes, whatever. We got an understanding from the committee of how long our boss had. We wrote the speech. I worked in tandem with our speechwriter and our communications team. The day of, apparently something shifted and there was a different time. And so our boss, in like the last 30 seconds, started to be gaveled by then chair. (laughs) And she had to very quickly, like, finish her speech. Now... I think I always have a little bit of attitude that they gaveled a fellow senator, right? Like you just let her finish. But I think, listen, I think the the way that we think about race and gender, right? Like, come on, she was a new senator. Folks didn't know her. I think there was a little bit of that. But I think the lesson that I learned there, two things. One, what are what are the rules and regulations that may shift or change from day to day? Right. Like you may go into a meeting um, and a week before this is what people told you it was going to be. But that morning of if it's really important, that morning of the day of you touch base with two or three people, not even one person. You touch base with two or three people. You get something on email so that you will never say I was outside of the bounds. Now, we were kind of saved because we had an email from the committee that said this, but it was still hard for her, right? Like I felt pained because of that moment, but I will never, because of that, I never go into a meeting, a presentation. I never staff a principal without doing a check for two or three things, time. What are we supposed to talking about? I want to go over the agenda. Is everything still a-okay? Because things have changed um, and things do change. And you just have to know that every time it's, you know, game day so that you're ready. Even now I got a little sick though, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. I did on your behalf as well. Thank you. you. Uh, That is great advice. (laughs) And finally, political activist, Luisa Miranda. Worked hard at something, but it flopped, or you just made a mistake. And 
what was that experience and what did you take from it? Uh, it was, I don't know if it was a failure. Objectively, it was, because if you're in a campaign and you lose, you lost. It's a failure. Uh, and, and, and we color it in a thousand ways to make ourselves feel good. But he was not electing Freddie Ferrer, mayor of the city of New York. Uh, it would have happened. Uh, we had worked so hard with so little resources. And, you know, all of your partners at GSG had been part of this journey uh, from the very beginning. And when, when you said at the beginning, uh, you're loyal, that got their loyalty for me for life, for life. Because it was stuff that people didn't have to do that they went and did. And we lost. And we lost because of racism. Uh, we lost because we didn't do everything that we needed to do. Uh, and we lost the opportunity in two decades later, we've never had a Latino mayor in the city of New York. Well, friends, I can smell the jet fumes at National Airport, which means another episode of Staffer is adjourned. I want to thank you all for listening to the only show created for and about the people who work in government and politics at any level. I do have a quick favor to ask. Please follow, subscribe, and like the show on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Positive reviews are everything in this business, I'm told. And please make sure to sign up for episode alerts at staffershow.com and check out Staffer Show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thanks all. <laughs>